Um, so thank you all for coming. Thank you, Samia, for jumping in last minute. She's our clutch player um, <laughs> with all the craziness that was happening in the news and everything. Our Khatiba, who was scheduled, um, uh, was called by her work um, to, to uh, speak at another event for her job, so she couldn't do it. Um, so it's nice that we have um, Samia to rely on in those moments. Um, and it really, you know, everything happens for a reason. I feel like it was the perfect cookbook for today um, and it really resonated with me I'm sure you guys felt the same way uh, why don't we take a take it away anyone have a first question they want to ask or a reflection or anything at all a talk beer um, I think this is Samia's third oh fourth and I actually think um, the topic was extremely special but your presentation of what you had to share was magnificent and I think um, it shows that you are growing and we're the re uh, receiving end of, of what you shared and in, in, in your growth and thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Takbir. Allahu Akbar. So for those who don't know, Takbir is asking who is the greatest and the response is God is the greatest. Um, yeah, it was excellent, alhamdulillah. And uh, again, if you want to get her book, it's on Amazon. What's it called again? <laughs> Make change fun and easy. Yes. I'm taking your advice. I'm going surfing this Saturday. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go have fun, even though the, whole, the world is falling apart. <laughs> but it's true. You know, when you do take those moments, um, even if it you feel guilty before you go, after you come back and you're filled with energy, you just naturally, without even having to push yourself, you naturally are helping more people a lot more and with a lot more energy. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's totally true. And I think it's just that journey, getting yourself to do it. Um, I think maybe what helps sometimes is just you know, if we have a, a meeting with a friend, right, we don't really cancel on that friend, but we cancel on ourselves all the time. So to maybe make a date with ourselves and put it in our calendar and treat it like we are meeting someone really special to us because we are special. And, and actually a tip for that is because you are less likely to cancel if there's someone else who's going to be there, you can actually, like I do this with my sister where we agree to go together and we agree that we'll be together, but we'll also have our own time. So, you know, like one, our favorite spot, one of our favorite spots to go to together is the beach for that purpose. And so we make sure that we take time just on our own also, that we're not talking to each other the whole time, you know? Um, so that's just one thing that helps me make sure I keep my date with myself. Abrafi. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. A uh, little housekeeping. I made some brownies. They're over there. But I wanted to thank you so much, Samia. You always do such a wonderful job. And as I was sitting listening to you, I was kind of trying to avoid nudging my friend over here like, she is just wonderful. Uh, you're just so clear spoken oh, and just your whole demeanor and I was like I just came from seeing Mr. Rogers you know please won't you be my neighbor and everyone is talking about it because it's that gentle nature that clear processing that makes it so easy for people to actually understand what you're talking about you know and to say oh okay I do need to do five minutes a day you know, oh yeah, 
yeah, love yourself first. You know, they're simple concepts, except very difficult for women especially to just break down and love ourselves first, you know. I, I did want to ask you truthfully about when you were saying how, say if you're giving food to people and one person doesn't need as much as another one, but you're just kind of gratuitously giving out. We did have a circumstance uh, in Altadena Daltaqua where we were doing a food distribution program and it was somehow connected to federal funding or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you had to keep some guidelines and whatever. So as people would come up, we would ask them how many people in your family, because obviously that would have a calling on how much they would need. And people very quickly caught on. If they said two, they got one amount. If they said four, they got a different amount. Mm -hmm. And we found in spite of what we wanted to do, that we had to just give everybody a box of food. And maybe they could get together outside of that environment and you know, switch up or whatever, but people were literally just taking as much as they could. People that I knew had two children were saying they had six, this kind of thing. So I'm wondering, first of all, I know just, just tactically we had to change, but I'm wondering if there's another approach that could be done because I do understand about making sure that people get what they need. Well, you know, sometimes any given concept or principle or law that we talk about, um, the context in which you apply it uh, is very important. And it can actually change the appropriateness or not of uh, if you apply that principle or law or how you apply it. So. Uh, you know, we are unfortunately, you know, living in a society where there's a dominant culture that teaches us to be in a mindset of competition and a mindset of, you know, um, I need to take as much for myself because I have to just worry about myself because, you know, if I don't look out for myself, then no one else will look out for me. And so that kind of thinking leads people to behave in this in this way. And so you know, if you're somebody who's working in this field and who is going to be, you know, engaging in these kinds of processes over time, you'll probably need to do some work in terms of building a community around you with different kinds of rules and attitudes. It won't happen in a day. But over time, the people who know you, who come into your world, into your life, will know that you operate differently and that they can operate differently, that they can also operate from a place of compassion and collaboration rather than competition and, and fear, you know? And so those changes will take time. However, you know, we lead by example. And so, um, you know, just during Ramadan, um, if you are familiar with Humanitarian Day, there's Elm Foundation that organizes Humanitarian Day. And so, you know, we had people come, uh, it's like for those of you who are not familiar with it, it's a day when Muslims um, and non-Muslims um, get together in Skidro and they distribute food and clothing and they have set up um, you know, boots and stuff for people to get medical care and all that kind of good stuff. And so when we we're doing distribution, you know, there's always that question. <laughs> Some people will grab more. And you know what, like, 
One of the beautiful things that I've learned from going through the humanitarian day experience is that, you know, just take it easy. It's cool. You know, trust God that every person who needs uh, will get what they need. And inshallah, you know, like we come from a place of humbleness with an attitude of humbleness that I'm not the one who's providing. It's God who is providing. And so inshallah, you know, even if someone takes more, than we thought was fair, like maybe that they needed it. Maybe they took it because you know they intend to give it to somebody else that we would not have been able to reach otherwise. We don't know, you know, how God will make things right uh, in the universe. So I, I think uh, the most important thing for us is to stay true to our own intentions and to act as we know to act in the best ways and leave the rest to God and, 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 you know, inshallah, inspire others through our example to um, do better also. What you said is, is true life. Um, if you've done any kind of service where people come and get something free, you always have those that want as much as they can. But um, in, in everything you said, yeah. I agree with. But I think that we also have to do a, a little bit more proactive and that is either have signage that says, please do not take more than you need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's not waste. Um, and, and if you just constantly say that, because some of it is just dogmatic. Um, some of it is, you know, I'm going to take it, I'm going to sell it. But mm -hmm. that's not our responsibility, as you said. But I do think we have to be proactive, like yeah, yeah. reminding ourselves through Ramadan not to over... Uh, eat and uh, waste food and, and things like that. We do have to remind people not to take more than what you actually need. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like, that's why I was saying that you, you can build the kind of community and environment that you desire, and so what you just mentioned is just one way of uh, starting to create that kind of environment and setting the rules that um, you will follow yourself and you want to inspire others to follow. But we can have more than one brownie, right? <laughs> they were really good. <laughs> um, excellent khutbah, mashallah. I was also getting a Mr. Rogers vibe, which I really, which I really appreciated because Mr. Rogers is one of my favorite people. Um, so, has anyone seen the movie Inside Out by Pixar? Oh yeah. Okay. So I was thinking of that while you were giving your khutbah, and how in the movie each person is driven by a certain emotion and the main character is driven by joy. Um, but as she's going through changes in her life, um, joy is not the prevalent emotion anymore and the other ones are, especially sadness, are demanding to be felt. Um, but joy is kind of like repressing that and trying to make sure that this main character stays happy all the time. Um, and while I really, like, I really like what you're saying, how like, you know, you choose to be happy, you can make your own happiness. I guess, um, what about like the balance of also needing to feel sadness and needing to feel anger and disgust and fear um, and all those other things, just so that it's not totally pushed aside because if it is, then um, as you saw with the character, then like everything just breaks down and you just become like apathetic. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mentioned this right at the beginning of the khutbah that the solution is never to turn our um, selves blind or close our eyes to the challenges and problems that we're uh, that, that, that we're facing, and that includes you know the way we respond to any emotion that comes up. Uh, anything that you try to suppress or deny will end up 
creating problems for you in the long term because there is a good reason why that emotion is coming up in the first place. So when we talk about being positive and being happy and choosing to be happy and, and staying so, regardless of circumstances, you sort of have to just kind of expand your understanding of what it means to be happy and how to be happy. So, uh, you know, research uh, in happiness identifies different kinds of happiness. And we've all experienced these different kinds of happiness. So, for example, there is a kind of happiness that makes you want to laugh and sing with joy and, you know, smile and joke and stuff. Um, and, and so that kind of happiness is appropriate for certain times. But there are other times when uh, feeling or expressing that kind of happiness will not be appropriate. For example, if you've just lost someone that you love, uh, to be laughing and singing and dancing in, the, in, in that moment, that's not appropriate, right? However, um, you know, you can still be happy in that moment. How? By connecting to a different kind of happiness, right? So, for example, another kind of happiness is a kind of happiness you experience when you know that you are living in alignment with your life meaning and purpose and living your values and strength. So even in that moment when you have lost someone that you love and at one level you're feeling sad, you know, the way that you respond to that situation, the way you even respond to that sadness, if you do so with compassion and you do so with love towards yourself and everyone around you, then you're still connected to your values, you're still connected um, to your sense of life meaning because, you know, ha living with compassion, being compassionate towards yourself and others is something that I know gives my life meaning and purpose. So when I, when I recognize that, even in that moment of feeling sad at one level, at a deeper level, you know, I'm able to feel this different kind of happiness, which is more experienced like a deeper sense of inner peace or contentment um, that, that, you know, just comes from knowing that, you know what? Yes, I've lost this person and I'm sad in this moment at one level for that, but at the same time, I'm still connected to God. I still have other things that, that I love and care about. I have other blessings in my life and I'm still able to continue to live a meaningful life, um, even in, through the way that I respond to this very sad situation. You know, and, and so that's just a different kind of happiness that you can choose to live in that moment, you know? Yeah, I think that's, well, I think that's important because um, at least when I think of happiness, I think I just automatically think of like joyful happiness, mm -hmm. which is inaccurate a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes that's what it is, but yeah, happiness as contentment or inner peace rather than like the joy kind of happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think... I mean, I'm sure other people kind of have like this idea of happiness as being joyful, but that's something that I think I would need to re-examine. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like uh, you kind of exchange happiness and gratitude a lot, right? Well, I, I wouldn't exchange mm -hmm. them. Um, uh, happiness uh, is a feeling, and gratitude is more like a state of mind in the sense that you have to think it's like a thinking process that allows you to then feel happy, you know. Um, 
uh, you know, grat yeah, I, I would say that when you practice gratitude, you experience happiness. So happiness is the output and the result of practicing gratitude. That's excellent. Thank you. Anyone else? Assalamu alaikum. I'd just like to swerve the conversation back to the travel ban or the Muslim ban or whatever you want to call it. We know that Allah says with difficulty comes ease. I was reading this morning before I got here about in 1800s when the Chinese were coming to America and they were coming so many and <clears throat> so the same people were upset so they initiated an, an act against them so they could not come to this country. But the way they got around it was that you know, a lot of them were in cooking and laundry or what have you. So what they decided they needed were people here to do the cooking. So if they could do that and get someone here who could do the cooking, the Chinese people, then they could come. So that's what happened. A lot of them were sent here so they could cook in, in the restaurants or whatever. So as a result, a lot of them ended up being here in America. And as a result, today there are about 40 some odd thousand Chinese restaurants throughout America. So now this person is trying to keep Muslims from coming to America, but it's already a lot of us here. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So what we have to do is find a way around keeping the ones who are not here from coming here. So if there's, we can think of some reason that they need to be here because of whatever and whatever, and then the babies will be born, and we're gonna keep on growing because you know that Islam is like the, just about the fastest growing religion in the world anyway, so. And in America. Yeah, so you can't stop what Allah's plan is because he mentions about when people come to the religion in crowds and, and they're doing that, and every time there is some kind of controversy about Islam, what happens? People say, oh, let me read the Quran and see what it's really saying or whatever. And next thing you know, they're taking Shahada. So mm -hmm. my thing is that we can't be disheartened by this, you know, because it's happened before and it's going to happen again. They're always trying to keep someone from coming here or trying to oppress those who are already here. So that's the nature of some people. And we just have to keep Allah in charge and just be happy and have gratitude. In fact, uh, someone just took Shahada this morning. Um, she wanted to keep it private, though, so I won't say who it is, but um, that's exactly right. That's exactly how it happened. Um, I was, I was uh, at a memorial service recently. Um, a colleague of mine who I worked with for many years passed away, and in letting all the people know about this, his wife sent out, his wife who they've been married for over 40 years, so it was a, a huge loss. So she sent out this email that I thought was really appropriate. She said, you know, I'm sad because I've lost the love of my life, but I'm happy because I had 40 some odd years with him. So there's always the loss and then there's the gain. So the gratitude part is the thing that really helps me, you know. So with all the struggles that we're going through now with the Muslim ban and the Supreme Court and voting rights and women's rights, if we can, if we can capture that anger, and anger is healthy, I think. Anger is healthy. Because anger makes us go into action. If you're, ang you're angry and you don't do anything with it, it's not good for you. So, um, I know we're not supposed to make announcements, but there's lots of demonstrations going on. There'll be one tomorrow. Um, move on, if you go on moveon.org, they're all over Southern California. 11 a.m. at Grand Park is for immigration. There's also one in Pasadena at 10 o'clock. Uh, 
Pasadena City College. Just Google it. And, you know, people say, oh, it's a waste of time. I don't do it. I go, I go to the demonstrations that I have for 50 years. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of tired of this. But on the other hand, in the future, and when history judges these decisions, they will go in the dustpan of history. They will be judged to be in, in, incorrect. And my, inshallah, the future generations will say, well, what did you do? What did you do when they came after everybody? I could say, at least I went out into the street, or at least I voted, or at least I did something to call a congressman or send an email. I did something. I didn't just get angry. Yeah, and one of the benefits that, that I personally experience of um, going to to such gatherings or rallies or whatever is just feeling that sense of community and solidarity and knowing that I'm not alone in the concerns that I have. And I think that's a very important benefit. Um, I was just going to ask, because um, I feel like 4th of July is coming up and the idea of celebrating America seems... Um, kind of ridiculous. Do you know about anything that might be happening on July 4th? I'm not sure, but that's a great idea. Um, I would just go online, moveon.org, aclu.org. Um, just Google anything, and I'm sure things will come up for that. So, yeah. And please, you know, wear your American flags, because the, you know, the, the people on on the other side, they're wrapping themselves that they're the patriots, and they're really not. So, you know, I got my American flag, and I'm going to wear it tomorrow as a hijab. So, you know, the, the, the Shepherd Fairy image of the woman, get one of those, do it. You know, it's our flag, too. Even more so, right? Okay, one last one, last one. I just want to say that... Um, when the email came out about um, Samia doing the uh, khutbah, um, earlier that day I had come across the verse, um, truly in the remembrance of God do hearts find rest. And that was like on my Instagram feed. And then the email came in and it was just like such a sign um, because things have been really dark. And I just want to say I'm thankful for this group. <laughs>